0: Hey, guys, it's Kristen from KristenAndChill.com, but also this podcast, of course. And I wanted to let you know that every single Tuesday, I'm sending out an amazing newsletter to help your banter game and your flirting game and your overall dating game. And it's stuff that I don't talk about on this podcast that I'm sharing with you guys for free. So you don't want to miss it. Go to KristenAndChill.com. There should be a pop-up window that lets you enter your email address to join. But if there isn't, scroll all the way down, enter your email there. And once you do, you will be all set to learn how to knock more than just her socks off. Coming up on this week's
1: episode of the Ask Win Podcast, we have Thomas McCoy on the show this week, and he is going to talk to us about dating on the spectrum. I have a lot of guys that I work with, and Christian has a lot of guys that she works with who are on the spectrum, and they find it difficult to date to understand women. In fact, actually most of the guys that we work with have that same difficulty. A lot of the tips that Thomas will share on this episode are for everybody, but specifically for guys who are on the spectrum. So keep listening. Welcome to the Ask Women podcast. I am your host, Marnie, the owner of The Wing Girl Method, a company that helps men attract the women that they want. And then I'm going to be joined shortly by my co-host, Kristen, who is restarting her computer right now, but she is going to come on very shortly. But she is the owner of Kristen and Chill, where she teaches guys how to banter with women. And today I have an unbelievable guest who I have been so excited to talk to for the past few weeks. Actually, since I I even brought it up to bring him on the show, I've been really excited for this topic. I have Thomas McCoy on the show and he is going to talk about dating on the spectrum. And I realize a lot of the guys that I work with are on the spectrum. And not that I don't have any knowledge about autism, Asperger's, spectrum, I think all the same word for one thing, and Thomas is going to correct me, but I myself don't have the experience of being somebody on the spectrum. So I wanted to bring somebody on who is on the spectrum and has been very successful in his dating life. So Thomas, thank you so much for coming on today.
2: Yeah, thank you, Marty. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah. So I'd love to just hear from you. First of all, like, what does it mean to be on the spectrum, like what does it mean to have autism and how does that impact your life and your dating life?
2: I'm happy to say that the meaning of being autistic has changed so much since I was a teenager. It has become such a bowl of spaghetti of, <laughs> it's called a spectrum, but it's it's so many more dimensions than that yeah. because we have what used to be called Asperger's, which I used to be on that kind of a uh, place in the spectrum. Now that's all into autism spectrum disorder, partially for historical reasons, because Hans Asperger kind of (laughs) discovered autism separately from um, names blanket on me. but Okay. And historically, uh, just not a great guy, not a good, not something you name a syndrome after.
1: Oh, really? Okay. Interesting.
2: It gets dark. Okay. But we have autism spectrum disorder and pervasive developmental disorder not otherwise specified, PDDNOS. and Okay. That falls under that, as well as ADHD and ADD. I'm pretty sure people just call them spectrum disorders at this point. So with that becomes so much more flexibility in what autism is in the public eye. Because when I was a teenager and in so many corners of the Internet, autism means the neck beard living in mom's basement. (laughs) Right. And I I can absolutely empathize because those people exist and they need help. Yeah. They deserve help, but you can become something. I don't want to say more because you are Kenuff, as the kids are saying. Yeah. But become more effective in the realm of dating and the workplace and everything you want. Yeah. Autism is not an obstacle.
1: No, it's not. Well, in fact, I've been reading so many articles about it. And even the guys that I work with, I tell them that it's a superpower, Hmm. right? There is something so special and amazing about having autism that gives guys a leg up in the social world and and specifically with women. So I, I'd love for you to talk more about like dating on the spectrum and like and women and social interactions. Again, I told you beforehand, I just want you to talk the entire time because I just think it's all fascinating.
2: Well, that's that actually brings me to a good point is that a common obstacle that comes with autism is a lack of self-awareness in whether you're talking too much. So it's called info dumping is the term I believe that's being used most People on the spectrum have special interests. I mean, yeah. we all do, but uh, people with autism will laser focus on something. And in my early 20s, that was dating. That was, oh, interesting. I, I read everything from, uh, obviously, the game. I read uh, a lot of mystery. I read a lot of Roosh V. So that really, yeah. So I, had to, I learned a bit of that. But also just body language in general. Well, that was from my teens to today. And... You learn uh, with body language whether you're talking too much. So body language is not an absolute science. I don't think it gives you a percentage of success. Yeah. So example, if someone has their arms crossed, that could suggest that they're closed off to you or that they're not interested in the conversation. Or it could just be that they're cold.
1: Yeah. Or it could just be that that's the natural stance that they have. That is my natural stance. I cross yes. my arms. Yeah.
2: So it's not the whole story. So you gotta you got to take an educated guess. Everything from their legs crossed to eye contact to the tone of voice saying, oh, hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a meme now. The response right. of, damn, that's crazy. That means move on.
1: Yeah. Does being autistic make it harder for you to date simply because you info dump and you can't read body language? Isn't that like, I mean, that's the majority of the guys that I've worked with. That's where their difficulty is. And, and some of them are not on the spectrum.
2: Yeah. So, I remember you telling a story about it, how it, it can also just be nervous expressing itself. Yeah. I always aim to be the one talking the least because then I can just show off how great a listener I am.
1: Yeah. Wonderful. So what are the things that you learn to do to, to combat the natural instincts that you have as somebody who has autism? And again, all of everything that you're going to be explaining can be applied to anybody who does have yes. these same tendencies, right? To either overshare out of nervousness or to not properly assess body language. So what are some things that you've learned to like combat this?
2: Uh, Be comfortable with a brief silence. I think that generally people find that actually kind of hot, that you can be confident, even in what people would call an awkward silence. Yeah. Being curious about the other person and not just interrogating them, because that's a common pitfall. Is like, what are your favorite movies? Uh, What are your favorite, instead of pursuing that conversation to be deeper, it's like, because one of the things that pickup artists will talk about is deducing what kind of person that person is like oh so you seem like a person who who loves animals or is very empathetic or you know just basic astrology stuff like yeah but that shows that you're interested in the person and not just their body parts okay
0: we're super cool with this awkward silence right now. Yeah, yeah <laughs> wonderful silence. Exactly. There
1: you go. Exactly. We're all owning it. Exactly.
2: And uh, making eye contact, of course, is a big. So right now, I'm not making eye contact because I have a weird setup where the webcam's on top of the monitor. If I were to make eye contact, I'm looking askew. But the office actually had a good little bit where Dwight is, Angela saying, "I can't talk to you right now," and Dwight says, "Well, look up here, between up on my forehead. It's a common sales tactic." I think that's a actually a great way for people who are uncomfortable making eye contact to be comfortable making eye contact. Because you realize people who aren't on the spectrum can be just as uncomfortable. People use it as a game, a staring contest, because it's so vulnerable. So if you can master that, you're already way ahead of everyone, autism or not.
0: So I just have to jump in here real quick. I went to this conference and I won't get into the name and all that kind of stuff, but we did this exercise where it was called eye gazing. And we had to, for five full minutes, stare into a stranger's eyeballs. And it was the most intense experience I've had with another human being. And I was essentially weeping. I had just tears streaming down my face because it was so emotional. Not because I was, I mean, it was uncomfortable at first, but because you do see so much humanity in someone's eyes. If you actually do look at their eyes, it makes such a difference. Mm. And obviously you don't want to stare at her eyes for five minutes, but you want to show that you can look in her eyes because it does show that you are confident, but it also will allow you to see her humanity and see her as a human and her, you know, her pain and her joy and all of that kind of stuff. You know, and I'm, this is all me trying to avoid saying the cliche phrase that eyes are the windows to the soul, you know, essentially.
1: The soul.
2: (laughs) Windows are the eyes of the house. Yeah.
1: Well, let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. So thanks for sharing that, Kristen, because I think that that's really important, like that eye contact is essential. So as a person who is on the spectrum, is all of this stuff uncomfortable for you? Because I feel like that's the distinction where it's not that it's uncomfortable for you where it is for some people. You may just, well, actually, I don't want to fill in the blanks. I'm going to ask you that question.
2: Actually, no. It's gotten to a point with eye contact. That's something I I never had that much of a problem with, that I I worry about making too much eye contact. So I'll ration it. I'll make sure that every few seconds or every, say, every 20 seconds of solid eye contact, I'll look over her shoulder or check the back of the room or something like that.
0: So let me ask you about Mm -hmm. that. So... Sometimes people can get so focused on what they should do that they get lost Mm. and they're not in the moment. So when you're thinking, I should toggle, you know, my eye contact between here and there, here and there, do you check out of the conversation a little bit or are you able to multitask?
2: I don't think I check out. I think it's, uh, well, I think on a first date, especially everyone's a little self-conscious. So there's a little internal monologue going on. I put it in the same way as unconscious body language what, like, where are your hands going? What's are you crossing your legs? So, I think that's just part of the motor skills, I'd say, because I also do community theater. So, I've learned to just kind of not think when moving, if that makes any sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: It's just like an internal part of
1: you, like an automated part mm-hmm. of you.
0: And it is something that can come with practice at first. Absolutely. You know, you're first, I don't know, however many dates, you will be thinking, okay, now look away. Now look at her. Now do this with my hands and now do that. And eventually it'll start to become second nature. So you don't have to focus so much on that. and You can stay checked in. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So if I'm right in what you're saying, like the common mistakes for many guys and for people who are on the spectrum is that they might make too much eye contact. They may overshare instead of being interested in what they're talking about. And that they don't really fully understand body language. So I'd like to go through each of those and maybe give some tips to the guys that are Mm -hmm. listening on how to combat each one of them. So as you said before, eye contact is key. And what you do to make sure you're not giving too much intense eye contact is you check in every 20 seconds to make sure that you're toggling. What about for like misreading body language or is it that you're misreading body language or that you're actually not even seeing the body language like not paying attention to the body because that that was my always my interpretation of people who had autism is that they were socially unaware like they weren't even focused on the other person which is where i think the superpower comes into play because they removed all of that nervousness and discomfort by not really caring about the other person that much am i correct in that or is that is that incorrect
2: You're close. Yeah, it's not that there's so much a a lack of of empathy as a lack of recognizing your effect. So if say, you know, what I learned at body language with, again, it's not you're never going to have a guaranteed 100% deduction of how someone's feeling. But if someone's just starts looking away or just looking at their phone while you're talking at them, I can think, oh, maybe I should cool it a bit or walk away if this is just a stranger at a bar or if someone turns towards me and is starting to edge towards me if we're on a couch together i'm like okay we're making good progress here don't blow it right (laughs) i think that's pure practice i think any observation of human interactions with that open minds and look thinking about body language what's a good book is uh i think there's one you can read anybody i forget the name of the author but that's a very good basic entry into body language that recommends any, even kids on the spectrum. The earlier the better, I'd say. And just learning what cross legs can mean, not does mean. Right. I don't know if I have a shortcut for that. I just say practice, practice, practice.
1: No, but that's even better. It's just it's really just being aware and like making it something that you're focusing on versus just seeing past a person. Because again, that was my understanding of people who were on the spectrum was that like they just say things without realizing that it has impact. So that was a good word that you used before, like that it it could fall negatively or it could fall
0: positively, but that they're not concerned with how it falls. And this also goes for men without autism to pay attention because I have to tell a little story. I was on a date this past Friday night and the guy wasn't bad. I really was like, okay, he's cool. He's funny, not bad looking, all of this kind of stuff. I was not putting out a sexual vibe. I'm not in that place. I'm trying to quote unquote heal from a very horrible breakup. So I'm just getting back out there and he was not reading that. I did tell him that, but he was not reading my social cues. I did nothing that was escalating the scenario. I wasn't leaning in, I wasn't doing anything of the sort. So when I got home, he texted me to see if I got home okay. And I had told him I'm cool with just going home now. So I didn't say, oh, I wanna keep going and go to you know more places with you. So he sent me a text saying, did you get home okay? And then I said, yes, you know, thanks for the drinks and whatever. And I don't know how he segued into it. It wasn't a smooth segue at all, or maybe there wasn't even a segue, but he essentially said, I am going to take off your pants with my teeth and tongue. That's a tough thing to do. That is a tough thing. So, teeth and tongue. Teeth and tongue at the same time. I mean, people can barely do that. I'm wearing right now a button fly. Imagine if I was wearing a button fly. Oh my God. Impossible. Yeah. And with his tongue. That's
1: very impressive. Yeah. So, maybe you should give this guy a second chance. Come on.
0: Well, so he wrote to me and he said, Should I chalk this up to a loss? Because I didn't really respond. And I said, Yeah. After a little while, I think you came on a little heavy with the teeth and tongue yeah. thing. And yeah. he was like, Oh, stupid me. And yeah, you know, I, I don't think I'll go out with him again. It just, you know, so and he's not on the spectrum. Maybe right. he is, <laughs> but men that aren't paying attention to what women are putting out there will lose their chance at a second date. Yeah. He lost his chance at a second date. I was open to it. Now I'm like, mm. I mean, unless I lose my fingers and I do need someone to take my pants off for me. Right, exactly. (laughs) He's always there. (laughs) Then he's the guy you call, for sure. Do you do yoga? Do I do yoga? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So, if he was...
2: (laughs) If he had just played it off like he didn't even send it at all and didn't send a follow-up sort of apologizing, would that have helped or hurt him?
0: So, he did actually follow up. So, when I didn't respond to his message about The teeth and tongue thing, I let it go and I fell asleep and I woke up and I saw he had written, well, aside from the tongue stuff, it was really lovely to meet you tonight or something like that, you know, and it was like, you know, and I just didn't acknowledge it. And I said, you know, thanks again for the drinks.
2: Okay, that's not what I had in my head. If he was if he was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. That shows—it would show
0: uh, some awareness.
2: Well, here's the tricky part is does it show awareness but does it also show a lack of confidence
0: no i think it would take confidence to go oh god that was a little too soon i'm gonna hang off on that you know yeah just pretend erase it was great meeting you Uh, i'll save that for you know our whatever 10th date
2: this is a weak part for me too is the the texting game is
0: come to me i'm your girl i (laughs) teach you how to do it Kristen and chill.com. There
2: you go. Learn
0: how to text chicks. Yeah. But what Kristen was talking about
1: before of like of not being aware that of what a woman is putting mm. out there. I think that's a problem for for most. That's for, a problem for most yeah. people, right? Just in general, they're not really sure what the other person is, is always saying when they're not saying anything. Even if they are saying something, they could be saying something else. So how do you combat that as a man on the spectrum, but then also for advising guys who are not on the spectrum? Like how could you have helped this guy avoid making this mistake? Like, what things could you possibly tell him to do to ensure that he's on the same page as the girl that he's on a date with?
2: Hmm. I would say wait until the next day to text or wait until two days because thanks for the drinks sounds kind of final to me. I don't know, Ted, you made your decision at that point? Like, eh, maybe not again.
0: I made my decision as soon as I saw the tongue and teeth.
2: Okay, so so there was still a chance at that point.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was saying she would have gone uh, out with him
2: again. Okay. That was that.
1: Well, so actually, let me ask you a question. So, like, Thomas, do you see how that's an inappropriate jump?
2: Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. That's, OK. Uh, I always wait for like a winky emoji or something like that. It's like.
1: And that's when you start giving out texts about teeth and tongues.
2: No, no, no. Maybe some some double entendres eventually. But I just go back with a winky face or a little kissy face. Yeah. I don't go guns blazing like that. I feel like that's kind of rushing. It's too much. Yeah, it's too much. Well, it's
0: like a Tesla going from zero to 60 in two seconds. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, just, I mean, if he was a Tesla, I'd like it. He's not a Tesla.
2: Yeah. Enjoy the anticipation. Enjoy the buildup.
0: Right, right, right. And that's where you're going to turn her on sometimes. Uh, you know, unless we were making out. Making out. at the yes. end of the day. And yes. it was like we couldn't keep our hands off each other. Okay. The door yeah. has been opened a little bit. But he said, can I give you, well, so he gave me a kiss on the cheek. And I was like, lovely to meet you. And my Uber was right there. And then he said, can I give you a kiss? And I literally just let him peck me on the lips. I didn't allow any tongue action. It was really short. And it was like, nice to meet you. Thanks. Bye. Mm. So yeah, no, no indication that there was anything sexual
2: there. Yeah. So that's the thing I think all guys need to understand better is that women know how horny you are. And, you know, the self-control and the the, the ability to like, just focus on the moment in spite of that is sexy. That shows how mass that shows your sense of self, your control. Yeah,
0: yeah. And how he appeared to me was that he hadn't been on a date in a long time and, or he hasn't gotten action in a long time and he yeah. was overly excited. And you want to feel like he's got a life and other options. And that mm. did not feel like that at all.
2: Yeah. Well,
1: let's take a quick break. Cause I want to come back and I want to talk more with Thomas about where to meet women. So we're going to take a quick break. Listen to our sponsors. Please don't fast forward through because our sponsors are what keep us doing this show. So we'll be back in a minute.
0: Do you guys know about Babel? It's amazing. And you know, it's a great addition to a dating profile that a lot of guys don't think about that Babel can help you with. It's adding the languages you speak. And if it's just English, then eh, not so great. But if you add other languages, French, Italian, Spanish, da, da, da it is so attractive to see. And if you want to learn a new language... Learn it with Babbel. Babbel is helping me work on my Spanish. I was actually decent at Spanish in high school and then I let it go. Now it's coming back because of Babbel. And I love hearing this because it's the sound of me learning a new language. So impress her and yourself with the new language you speak through Babbel. Their quick 10 minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts. And the convenient courses have helped me outside of Spanish. So I'm picking up a little French, like real life conversation skills, like how to order food or ask for directions or, you know, where's the bathroom, all that stuff without having to consult language apps while on vacation, like talking into your phone and then talking to the person and talking to your phone. So here's a special. It's a limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you get 50% off, 50, 50% off a one time payment for a lifetime Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash askwomen. Again, get 50% at babblecom slash askwomen. It's spelled dot lcom slash askwomen. Rules and restrictions may apply. If you listen to the Ask Women
1: podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle. And that's flirting, or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag. But as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic. Yes, magic. You just apply the formula and see results instantly, and it's that powerful. To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com slash flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to winggirlmethod slash flirty, and you'll find out all about This episode is brought to
0: you by Bumble.
1: and so I wanted to talk to Thomas about where to meet women, because you were saying that for a lot of guys who are on the spectrum, and I think it's just in general, like everything is really just in general, right? But men on the spectrum can often be easily fooled by fake dating accounts or have a limited imagination when it comes to where they might meet women. So this is where like I, I need more understanding of the multiple options of places that they can actually meet women.
2: Yeah. So in my early 20s, having just read the game, I would go into Boston on weekends with the magnetic earring, which is not something I would wear at all. But because right. it was there, it was the peacock. I was like, OK, obviously I'm going to wear this. And I would go to the noisiest bars in Boston. And I hate noisy bars. I hate clubbing. Yeah. Like, I, I just forget even being on the spectrum. How do you hold the conversation? Right. So I'd say of just... Stop thinking about bars when you think about picking up women. Unless perhaps it's an acoustic night that at the de facto college bar where I went to school, acoustic Thursdays were great for just for socializing because you could actually hear the other person. Uh, Karaoke is always fun. You know, depending on how good you are, it might not be the best means of attracting someone, but as a way of getting comfortable, sure. But for people you want to click with, what are your hobbies or do you have hobbies? I think that's another important thing that young men, especially on the spectrum are missing is an excuse to get outside. It doesn't have to be like intramural sports. It can be community theater. It's a lot more fun. It's not as hard as you think it is. And you meet people of all ages, of all backgrounds. Another thing is I'm sure you've recommended it before is improv classes. Yeah, That's amazing for getting out of your skin. Yeah, that's amazing. And traveling is another thing, because I think people there's a sense of freedom that you don't even clock when you're at a hostel or somewhere even outside the country where if I'm in Spain, for example, I'm not worried about how annoying my voice is because then it's exotic. Right. Or my mannerisms don't matter so much because... People don't have something to judge me by because if I were into Boston and surrounded by other townies, I stand out as an awkward person. In Europe, I'm representing Boston. Right. I am. the Senate. You are
1: Boston. I yeah. am. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Well, let me ask you a question. So how is your dating life? Like, are you dating a lot? And do you find that you having autism comes up as something that's great or something that's negative like how does it affect you in your dating
2: well i usually don't mention it pretty often at all is i used to early on mention it as like a negative as like i do have autism. like like i'm breaking up right i'm telling them i have herpes like right you might want to get checked i have autism like or right. is it okay that i have autism it's not something to be ashamed of. And it's not something that I love how it's become so mainstream and that's like so many people are now on the spectrum that it's, there's no reason at all to paint it as a negative. Same with ADHD. It's right. just another flavor of human being. A term I love yeah. that I, I heard only recently was neuro spicy. I like that. Yeah. 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 Me, neuro sweet and neuro spicy, because I also don't yeah. like neurotypical because I, I don't feel like you should be a dick to people for not being on the spectrum. Right. It's, oh, you're neurotypical.
0: Yeah. So, what does neuro spicy look like?
2: Oh, I'd say anything from, from me to someone with ADHD, someone with, I think it's just a more inclusive way of recognizing neurodiversity.
0: But spicy would that mean you're being a little bit playful or teasy, I th- and then neuro yeah.
2: sweet neuro-sweet is when you're being more of a gentleman. I've never heard actually neurosweet. That's something I just came up with on the fly because I don't want to oh. say <laughs> I don't want to say neurotypical. I, yeah, I guess neuro spicy could be if someone is a little more gregarious or. Uh, what's the term? What's the other five dollar word I'm thinking of? Is a uh, excitable, boisterous, boisterous. Thank you, mind reader.
0: Wow, that's a good guess. Yeah. Yeah.
2: There's a lot of <laughs> actions for words there,
1: I only know ten words, and it, I was lucky that it was one of them.
2: Literally hundreds of words in the English language. Literally, literally hundreds. But yeah, Neuro neurospicy as opposed to autistic like
1: but like on dates. So let's say you are you are on a date with somebody and like not can they tell that there's oh. some, like I'm just saying like what happens when you date, right? And then I love how you just said that you frame it differently now and you you talk about a little bit later, but like, it does it impact your dating life? Is it like a girl walks away saying like, ah, there was something like a little bit different about him. Like, I'd like to hear how it impacts your dating life. And now the fact that you've studied so many materials, like, does it impact it in a positive way?
2: Yeah, so I strive to, if a girl doesn't want to see me again, it's because I'm genuinely weird and not just because I'm on the spectrum. And- Can't work my way around that.
1: You're not clicking. Yeah. So,
2: and that's another thing that popped into my mind is that sometimes, and this is like a a pickup artist-ish kind of thing, I would say is, if I have suspicions, if my like autism radar goes off and says, "Wait a minute, can I ask you a personal question? Are you on the spectrum?" And when I ask that, it's you. I'm usually right, and that automatically forms a bond because then we have a whole new universe to talk about and right. we're both more vulnerable. And
1: and what if they're not on the spectrum? Is that, do you find that people who aren't on the spectrum like shy away from dating people
2: on the spectrum? I don't think so. I don't think I've ever been on a date where I asked that question and I'm wrong. It's like, like I said, it's a gamble because what if they're taking on, what if they're offended by the concepts that they might be on the spectrum? Right. Then that makes things interesting. Or if, uh, they find out that I'm on the spectrum, and they say, "But you seem fine." Ooh, that's a can of worms. So, I think I save it for like the second date, at least, to disclose that.
0: I'd throw in a compliment first. I'd be like, "You're so beautiful. Are you on the spectrum?" Yeah, <laughs> just like soften it a little bit.
2: <laughs> I might add that. I might <laughs> soften that a little.
1: But what about for you? Like, I'm just, I'm just trying to like put myself in your shoes, like. Are women put off by it? Are they attracted to it? Are, does it not affect them? Does it have impact? And, because you have learned skills to help you in your dating life, right? So that, I don't even know how to phrase this, but like some of the setbacks that could be an issue aren't an issue for you anymore. So does it play into your dating as well? Like does it Does it affect women when you tell them that you are autistic?
2: I think if a date's going well, It'll be like it doesn't affect them at all, right? If the date's going poorly, I don't even bring it up,
1: right? It's like normal dating.
2: Yeah, because well, what's the statistic? You're never more than like three inches away from a spider. You're never more than I've
1: never heard that. That's true.
2: Probably not, but you've heard those like uh, scary statistics. You swallow so many spiders a year, but oh, like yeah, you don't yeah. without recognize it. Yeah. You interact with so many people on the spectrum a day, and I think people, women are. Savvy enough to recognize that, or at least the women I I date. And the public image of autism has changed so much because it used to be it used to be Rain Man or it used yeah. to be yeah. the, the neckbeard, the Redditor. Yeah. And it's so broad now that I thought for a while now, maybe it's not even relevant to be autistic. But yeah. there's still that set of issues and that set of challenges that people on the spectrum are facing. And I don't think surprisingly, shockingly, there's not that much autism centric advice for dating on the spectrum that isn't just boilerplate dating advice with "for autism on as it tacked on. So, yeah, I think there's still a lot of work to do in that regard.
1: Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with you. I definitely agree with you. I don't know if I have any more questions. I think this was really this is really great. Actually, if there was one thing that you could advise people who are on the spectrum to work on when it comes to dating, what would that be?
2: Mm. Stop trying to look like something and start trying to work on your confidence. Because we we touched on this off air. I used to dress like the, the peacock, like an autistic young man who just read the game. That's how I dressed. Right, right. When I went to Spain over the summer, one shirt I wore, wore was just a shade of teal. And I had uh, khaki shorts and was wearing flip-flops at the rooftop bar of the hostel. And I made out with uh, this beautiful uh, 25-year-old German girl who complimented my shirt, this $5 v-neck, right, because it made my eyes pop. Now... You don't have to spend a lot of money. You don't even have to dress well. I was wearing basically cargo shorts. But I was confident enough that I could go to the rooftop bar and socialize with people I never met. Yeah. I love that. Work on confidence. And it's so cliche. Confidence is sexy. Confidence is sexy. But that's your foundation. Yeah. Don't work on anything else before you master that. I love that.
0: Well, not to make this about me. But I was saying this recently, I kind of was saying it in jest, I don't mean to make light of the spectrum or anything like that. But I have a really, really, really hard time connecting with most people. And I don't know if that's because I'm just very picky and I have a very specific type or if that might be an indication that I'm on the spectrum in a sense.
2: It goes under observed, definitely in women, because it used to be you used to think like, oh, it just occurs less in women when in our society, women, I would say, how do I phrase this? Right. Not that there's less expectations of having initiative to form social connections, because, you know, women are, are in American society, I would say more social. So if that's the default, then it's harder to spot. You know, it's hard to find a woman loner. So I would say, yeah, I would say if you can find out and get back to us. Because it
0: might explain a lot. I mean, it takes me so, so, so much to be attracted to somebody and to find somebody intriguing. You know what you like. Yeah. I'm like, am I an asshole or do I have autism? (laughs) You know, so I've been curious and it's been more of an issue for me as I get older. So it does make me feel a little hopeless because I'm like, who am I going to connect with? I mean, I can't, my ex I connected with immensely and beyond him, I can't see connecting with anybody else in the world. It's like beyond my wildest dream or I couldn't even imagine a scenario where I would really be connected to somebody again in my life. So I don't know if that's trauma from a breakup. I don't know if it's autism. I don't know if it's- Oh him. yeah,
2: you, you say you just got out of yeah, a breakup. Yeah. Like- well,
0: s- it's been six months.
2: Has it really? Wow.
0: Yeah, yeah been a long ass 6 months and i just you know i've lost like all sex drive all everything i mean it was a very life changing kind of breakup but i always knew it was hard for me to connect yeah but that's still grieving yeah probably it's the grieving but even like i'll see very attractive men i said to my friend the other day i said leonardo dicaprio who's always been my celebrity crush could be sitting next to me telling me how amazing i am and i feel like i would literally be like Meh. It's just something just shut off in me after that breakup. So
1: yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, number one to protect yourself. But I find that too as I get as I get older, I'm less pulled in by the surface level things. That's why, you know, we've had people on this show before who are in the fifty and up category. And that is really what they highlight the most, is that it's like you can be really good looking. And yeah, that's a nice little foot in the door. It's gonna get my attention to pay attention to for a second, maybe, but what really matters for them is the personality, the substance, who they are, how they represent themselves. It's like when you're younger, you're more like razzle dazzled by things that shine.
0: Yeah. Like my ex, he was not the most attractive person in the world, but his personality and his energy and chemistry just blew me away.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And right now you're, you're closed off because you were hurt, which I understand. But that, I don't know if that is being, you know, maybe you are on the spectrum. That could be a totally separate thing. But I also think you have to factor in like your situation right now. If I was in your situation, you're focusing on you right now, you're closed off. right. So that's to normal everything in anybody to be closed yeah. off. I mean, after. everything's normal. That's the whole thing. people who are on the spectrum normal. Yeah, so that's why it's a whole spectrum. Like everybody is is normal. It's all normal to a certain group of people, right and to certain people. That's, yeah, that's just how it works. All right, Thomas, thank you so much for coming on this show. I did want to give a plug to something of yours. I wasn't sure what you wanted to plug, if it was the Dr. Joe show or if it's your own stuff, but please tell people how they can get in contact with you and find out more about you.
2: Absolutely. So if you want to get in touch with me, I'm on Twitter at RealMcCoyJoke. For acting and modeling work, you can find me at thomas-mccoy.com, McCoy McCoy Entertainment on LinkedIn, Facebook, or, you know, production work. And I will be exploring resurrecting the top autist brands and helping young men on the spectrum learn what I wish I knew before, before it was too late, before I crossed the hump of 30.
1: Oh God, (laughs) you're so young, young. you're a baby. (laughs) It's never too late. Take it from two 40 year olds. (laughs) It's never too late.
2: So Kristen. Yes. So you're not seeing anyone at the moment?
1: No. No, there you go.
2: (laughs) Interesting. Do you know what I can do with my tongue and teeth? (laughs) Do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) With just the top row alone? (laughs) (laughs)
0: You got to
1: be some shark teeth. Can you imagine that? (laughs) All right. New episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Please go and subscribe to our show. Don't waste your time downloading individual episodes because that time can be used to go out and meet amazing, wonderful women. Not at a bar, not at a club, but like Thomas said on this show, you can meet them anywhere else in the world, including hobbies, traveling, you name it. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next week.